Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now on Mackie and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. You like that? You like that? No interest and totally false. Tweet that. You like that? You like that? All right, Dave's got some questions here. We'll talk to Dan Hayes about the Twins here in about 30 minutes. Crafty Rogues later in the show. Matthew Collar from Training Camp. Questions. Uh, he's got to get to an immigration hearing, like you said, and uh, has, to, has to pitch here early in the game. He's not going to be available later in the game. Let's play that Zimmer quote again, if you would. Sure. No interest and totally false. Tweet that. Tweet that. It's outstanding. That was Mike Zimmer yesterday responding to Richie Incognito after he told TMZ that the Vikings, among other teams, had contacted him to maybe suit up once again for their offensive line. Richie then called Zimmer a bleeping liar and then apologized. Let's just pretend that apology never happened. Let's just pretend he stuck to his guns, shall we? Because who knows if the apology was real anyway. Mm -hmm. So let's just go with it. Who benefits more from lying in this situation? Richie from saying the Vikings, if they didn't, or Zimmer from saying, <laughs> we didn't contact him, oh, if they did. 100% Richie, right? Because Richie's trying to keep a potential career alive. So he's he's doing the work that ordinarily like an agent would do behind anonymous sourcing through reporting. Like The, the, the way that this would ordinarily happen is, an agent would float news to Adam Schefter on behalf of Incognito. Hey, Richie Incognito is not retired yet. And in fact, a couple prominent, you wouldn't even name the teams, a couple prominent teams, playoff teams have already contacted him and you just keep it kind of vague. But instead, Incognito goes out and like posts the screenshots of text messages and outs himself for not having actually been reached out to. Zimmer could have just ignored all of this. Zimmer doesn't benefit one way or the other. I don't think anyone's going to rip him now that the Vikings have rejected Richie Incognito, even though they need offensive line help. So, But Incognito could benefit if if other teams think that there's a, a market for his services. So, Ordinarily, the team lies. Uh, in this case, though, Incognito's so bleeping crazy, though, that I don't even know that if he was trying to, to say that, that their team's out, out there because he wants to sign... Because his screenshots of his conversations with Sprano was Sprano basically saying good luck and their friends. So Incognito would benefit if there was thought given to what he did, but there's not. 
I think he's just crazy, which is sad, <laughs> but he's just nuts. Like, there's nothing. Like, he said, Here's, here is evidence that the Vikings contacted me. And basically, it's like a back and forth with a friend, and that's it. There's no, we like you or we want you. And I believe it was Incognito who, who said, Kirk needs blocking, Kirk needs help. So, unfortunately, it's the ramblings of a madman, and the Vikings got stuck in this. Should the no Vikings interest have and out totally to false. What was the question? Should the Vikings have reached out to him? Not to, not to this, haven't? not to this guy. If he was halfway normal, yes. They they should have. If the whole thing in the spring didn't take place, where he went to a mental facility because he thought that the government was spying on him. If that hadn't happened, I would have thought, you know what? Yeah, he's kind of a he's an aggressive dude to put in a locker room, but they're okay. They're insulated enough. But I don't know. It's a he went a little over the uh, over the falls <laughs> was- for me in the spring, so. <laughs> He's throwing weights at patrons, yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? Percy Harvin threw weights at the coaching staff one time, right? And they kept him on the team for a little while. He longer. did feel that, that he had a good reason in that case. All morning long, you guys have been fixed on ESPN 8, the Ocho, taking over ESPN 2 today on that beautiful TCL TV. Oh, we've had cornhole. We've had spike ball, brat eating, burger eating, ultimate frisbee, ping pong. Cup stacking, if yeah. you didn't say that. That's right. Cup stacking. And that's just the beginning of it later. I mean, we got the, the, the noon 11 a.m. sports center going on right now. We're breaking it all down. But later we've got, oh, we had darts too. But we've got kabaddi, yeah, which is a game I'm just learning about. They're doing the sports center. And they're doing like highlights of the events that they've already aired. Mm-hmm. So they're doing like instead of oh here's what happened with Bryce Harper in the Nationals last night, it's here's what happened in the Johnsonville Cornhole Championship <laughs> semifinals. What is kabaddi, by the way? It's a game that's like unfamiliar. It's seven. I'm trying to learn right now. The basic rules are simple: two teams of seven players each faced off in a large square arena for two halves, twenty minutes each. Players from each team take turns running across the center line to the other team's half of the court, tagging members of the other team, and running back. I'm still not really understanding what hmm. the purpose and the point is, but hmm. I guess it's big in India. That's where it originated from. Okay. Anyway, you've got that coming up. You've got flat track, uh, uh, roller derby, chess, boxing. Yes, the combination wow. of chess and boxing. Wow. Which sounds incredible. How That's- does that work? Uh, that is, I can't remember how many rounds they said, maybe 10, 11 rounds, but you play three minutes of chess inside of a boxing ring. You're sitting there in your trunks <laughs> and then they, after three minutes, they pull the board and you have to box for three minutes. How do you move the pieces if you have gloves on your hands? They take the gloves off oh. and then they quick throw the gloves on and you box and you, the winner is whoever either knocks out or checkmates their opponent <laughs> first. And if, if, if necessary, they go to the scorecards. So if you're really smart and you think you can checkmate an idiot boxer who's, who's just kind of, I know how to play chess, but I'm a boxer. Mm-hmm. But you're a grandmaster who can dodge punches for a little <laughs> while. I would think that how, how quickly could you checkmate an average to below average chess player if you were a grandmaster? I mean... I guess I don't. I do. Can you do a stalling technique if you're on the other end of it? I don't know how have to be a timing have to mechanism, piece, right? If I but... know I'm going to lose, could, could I quick put on my boxing glove and just cold cock the guy <laughs> as he goes to make his last move to beat me at chess? Uh, I suppose you could. I might get you knocked out, but I'd say give it a shot. Well, my question is. Of all the ESPN 8, the Ocho worthy sports and games, those that I have named or those others that you could think of that could be possibly aired on a great day like today, 
What's the most worthy sport you could find either to watch or play that you would love to participate or view? I'd like to take my uh, a crack at the uh, cup stacking. It looks inc- incredibly difficult and intricate, but it looks sort of fun. And you can involve chugging, too. Exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> very good point. Didn't Ten- even think of that, but you're right. He's I got how many? So it's four. So so they have how many cups in the in the three row ones? I was one, impressed two, when I watched this well, morning. You, you go six the three, cups. Yeah, the, the six. So Judd could have six full cups of craft beer of some kind. Yeah, as long as all six as long of the as cups and game. then try to stack them like these kids do. Judd as athlete challenge. Zogat athlete yeah, challenge. No, you know what? No, no, no. We can't do things that that I I might be a professional at, and that would be one of them. Okay. It has to be something that I might struggle at. Chugging the six cups of beer would not be hard at all. <laughs> Well, you have to stack them, though. That's where you're not a professional. I might just fall over at that point. <laughs> Let me give that one some thought. Uh, the one, so I've I, the one that I would pick is I don't think it's. I'm pretty sure it's not going to be on the Ocho today, but I have seen it on YouTube before. Team mixed martial arts. Have you guys ever seen this? No. Where it's instead of <laughs> a, a, a one on one fight between yes. two guys, it's yeah. five on five. Yeah. And then what happens, these matches do not go very long. They maybe go like two or three minutes because what happens is once one person on either team taps out, then the other team has a five-on-four advantage and therefore can two-on-one somebody and then three-on-one or two. So basically it's five-on-five and and whoever whoever gets eliminated as a team first loses. But it's a pretty easy way to just like, Go beat the crap out of somebody in a street fight. I wouldn't want to do it. God, no. I'm saying, like, okay, I I thought you were saying you might want to do it. I'm (laughs) curious to watch more of it because it's becoming a thing now. And I feel like if you put it on an ESPN platform, it might gain some national steam. Sounds very Five on five team mixed martial arts. Okay. I thought for a second there that you were volunteering to participate in this team martial arts. I was going to say, I don't like your chances. But imagine if you're, you know, if. Look at that! What is this now? This is some sort of trampoline volleyball, but you can you can only use your feet. <laughs> this, this guy just did a. This guy got, just did a. What, what you would call it? A somersault a kick, a bicycle kick. kick off a trampoline over. A <laughs> this is outstanding. Now we're just showing cricket. That's not yeah. show worthy. No, no, I was going to well, say it, it is in America, though. I guess because it's obscure. Here's I the scary guess. thing. This this stuff that, that they're showing now. Oh oh! Did you see that? What is this? Is this pickleball? This guy just went out the door and this hit stuff. a ball back through the door in pickleball. Oh, very nice. oh he went, look at that. Oh, look at that shot. This stuff that, that they're showing now <laughs> is what ESPN was when I got it. Yes. I remember the first it, thing. Strong man. We were on a we were on a, a trip to Missouri and and stayed in a holiday inn. My first experience with ESPN ever. Turned it on. NASL soccer. Yeah. Followed by, of course, Australian Rules Football, which and, they showed all the time. And then ES, when ESPN2 launched, ESPN2 kind of took over the obscure programming. I, Mag, it was like the Magnus Vermagnuson yep. channel. <laughs> it was just yep. World's Strongest Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's move another pound of blocks again, huh? Kind of blocks, I should say. Uh, we had the Jarvis Landry, I won't call it meltdown, but speech to his fellow wide receivers that included a heck of a lot of cuss words. What do we have there? Uh, 13 F-bombs, an MF, five S's, and a B. Uh, we played that along with the Bruce Boudreaux classic speech that had 15 F-bombs, an S, and an A. Well, that brings me to this. Now, humans compete. We like rankings. Phil and Judd rank them on 1500 ESPN. Of course, don't please say the full words or terms, but give me your top three 
curse words when you're in a mood. Wow. The top three curse words. Just to be clear, F and MF are you considered to be different? Correct. Yes. Okay. I do. Thank you. Um, so to the judges, question. <laughs> Can you use that in a sentence? So actually, I, I have a twist on this. Because, <laughs> wow. Because I like to use, there's one non-swear word that I like to use as the thing that I'm calling you, whether it's in traffic or, and, and Reavers uses the same word. And then I will attach swear words around it. And that word is clown. Oh, it's a great word. I love the I love the word clown. Yeah, um, you can you can go a clown, mm-hmm. f clown. Um, a- I guess b b clown or b a clown. A clown, a clown is great. I love a clown. Yeah, for that's, sure. That's my favorite. For sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can use it in the form of a question, questioning who are these a clowns or yeah. b p clowns. Love it for sure. So I I think just. Little variations of the word clown for me would be, yeah. What about you? All right, I've got, I got three. The F-bomb is great because it's just quick. Like if something hurts or you're mad and you want to just get get it out quick, the F-bomb is great. Do you ever attach the, the, the M to the beginning of it? or? But that's my second one. If I'm going to get, give it more thought or I'm really mad, the MF is, but that carries, as I, I think you said before, Phil, it carries more weight, too. Yeah. Have you ever gone with the JFC bomb? Or is that you too know, aggressive? I'm not, a, it, I'm not a big fan of that one. It's just, it doesn't, I've used it and rarely, why, te- but, why tempt fate, right? Yeah, and I'm not that big of a, the one, but the one, the simplest one I like that actually get, gets used on TV all, all the time that is not that bad, but it's because it's elongated and it's great. If something surprises you, sob, son of a, like if if you're surprised, if somebody t- tells you something, you're like, no way, son of a. It it's just it's <laughs> very you, satisfying. I you use it in, in in. I don't it's, think I've ever heard anyone use it as a surprise it's, phrase before. It's very oh, yeah. It's a very but it's it just it rolls off the tongue. So if Judd walked in for his surprise birthday party, just oblivious, yes. a, ro- a room of twenty twenty five family members and friends, surprise. The first like, son of a. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So, sort of, you know, like, I'll be damned, but it's almost better. Yeah. I'll be damned. All right. Son of a. It's a I, think good it's, I think it's becoming used like that much more widely now. I think you're right. It's got a good role to it, though. Mm-hmm. No, and you're it, 100% right. And it's not particularly offensive. It's just effective. Yeah. I agree with that. 651-646-8255. If you want to chime in with your favorite <laughs> non-FCC-friendly uh, insults. Dan Hayes in like 15 minutes on Twins. People, people. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout on 1500 ESPN. Huh. I'm, we're obsessed with what's happening on ESPN too. The Ocho, they're doing they're doing Sports Center, but for like obscure sports, and they're showing this dude, this disc golf player. I didn't realize that disc golf tournaments had galleries, just like real golf tournaments, where yeah. if you have a nice shot, like the gallery will, will clap for this you. Guy, this guy is phenomenal. He's very good, and then when he when he puts a a disc in the oh, nice. hole. How would you characterize that? Like the basket, I think. Is yeah, the basket. Yeah. yeah. So when he when he makes a shot, um, oh, the best round of all time is, is what they're showing here. Is Paul Paul McBeth. eighteen under? Holy cow! The Great Lakes Open. So this dude, this dude makes a shot like a golfer would make a putt, and he he walks toward the the basket, raises his hand, and acknowledges the crowd just like a golfer would. What's this now? This is spike ball. 
This is what Max has been waiting for. Okay, what is the... So it's just like volleyball. Yeah. Except instead of two sides and a net, uh-huh. it's just a circle. Uh, so you can you can run anywhere you want. And it's a little mini trampoline sort of uh, springy thing. Oh, okay, yeah. Two I didn't realize two, that. When you hit the ball off the trampoline, then the other team has to, yep. has to play it back in three hits or whatever. Yep, okay. the, ball, the ball off the trampoline is the equivalent of the ball over going over the net in volleyball. And so you can't let it hit the ground. So if in volleyball, if I hit the ball over the net, your team can't let it hit the ground. You right. get three chances to hit it back over. So the trampoline serves as that. Yes. This is highly skilled as well. Yeah. And that's uh, actually fun to watch. And you'll see now, was it was it Max or Dave? Which one of you guys was talking about? Or was it somebody else? Like you go to a beach now and it's like it everyone's me. playing spike ball, right? Yeah, I was up north this weekend up near Bemidji and everyone was playing. I saw it on the beach at Lake Bemidji. We were at a resort. There was at least two or three groups had their own spike ball set up going on there. Yeah, I'd never seen it played before. I'd heard of it. But never actually seen it, didn't know the rules, so I kind of I, I I Googled it and figured it out. I was like, that's actually pretty cool. I it think is, I want to get my own set. Were people playing? I, it it feels like you don't play it casually. It feels like the people I've seen playing it, intense. it's always super intense and hardcore and people diving all over the place. Is that what it was, or do, can you just play it casually? You can play it casually. Some people were seem like have some fun with it. But yeah, there was a group of... I, don't know, I, I assume they were family or you know close friends or whatever. They're probably high schoolish age, four guys, and they were into it. Oh man, they were diving all over and yelling at yeah. you know big point. Yeah, I, I yeah. feel like if you have to dive, then the casual aspect goes away. Like if it's something that's going to require you to dive, then it just can't be a fun a fun day because it becomes so competitive. Okay, well that but that's you being bubble wrap boy as emailers call you. No, like you, no, you I'm wanna... saying no, I have no problem. I'm just saying the element of diving to me takes away the, the casual part and makes makes you more competitive. Would you guys rather watch an hour of spike ball or an hour of a random major league baseball game? Spike ball. Which Judd? Max says spike ball. I think right now and I love baseball, Judd I think I would choose spike ball. Forty eight year old Judd. Just Judd, like you, right no, now. No, at 15, baseball. <laughs> now, spike ball looks pretty cool. Well, spike ball didn't exist when you and were And plus, it probably goes really quick. What's the pitching matchup? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, what about what about, what about about Cologne Barrios in spike ball? Oh, my God. <laughs> Big Sexy playing spike ball. Just shirt coming off. through there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, shirt, shirt gone. I would, that's a good, I would I would absolutely watch Bartolo Colon playing spike ball. He'd probably be pretty good, too. He's yeah. still quick. <laughs> oh, man. Sabathia Colon in spike ball. <laughs> oh, God. 651-646-8255. Five, <laughs> the dude, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, buddy? Spike ball, awesome. Beersby is another fantastic game. Beersby? Yeah, it's where you have these two poles. They're about, I don't know, five feet off the ground. You put a bottle on top, and then you got to be holding a bottle, too. And it's teams of two who throw at each other's poles and try to knock off the bottle. If you hit the pole and the bottle touches the ground, it's a point. If you hit the bottle and it touches the ground, it's three points. Wow. And you have to catch the Frisbee. So if you don't catch the Frisbee, Ooh. that's a point, too. So Wait, you're chucking it as hard as you can. Dave's played, Dave time. says he's played this before. I have. I, I knew it as Frisbeer, not Beersbee. So I guess, you know, different dialects. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, All right, we'll um, put it on the list here. a suggestion for a word that I love to use or a little phrase when I'm super upset with somebody. And that would be, uh, it's another word for chicken, and then you add gobbler on the end of it. So I always drop the, uh, yes. the gobbler. 
and uh, it's, it's pretty effective. I generally don't say it to people's faces because they get uh, pretty emotional when they, when they hear that. <laughs> but it's usually muttered under my breath uh, pretty loud. And you know, uh, the dude, as Patrick Ricey always says, you only have to do it once to be a gobbler. <laughs> That's just your tired, right? <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, I haven't been able to really follow sports these last weeks. I've had some stuff going on. Proposed to the misses, got a yes. That was awesome. Congratulations, how, big time. How how have the guys been doing? Dozier, the ones that we let go. Do you know how they've been doing this last week? Dozier has about seven extra base hits so far. In a <laughs> yeah, week he's and become half. Babe Ruth, of course. Oh, and uh, Ryan Presley struck out Brian Dozier in one of their matchups together. So oh. I don't know. I don't know if he's if he's given up runs yet. But those two guys are. Guy we lost uh, the pitcher to the Red Sox. Or is it to the Yankees? Yeah, don't forget Lance, Lance, oh, Lance, Lance, Lance Lynn has, not, has pitched 11-plus uh, and not given up an earned run yet, but besides that, he's getting hammered. Yeah, he also has only walked one batter in the 11 and two-thirds innings he's pitched. Yeah, he's so. been pretty much brilliant. Yeah. Wow. Other than I'm that, gonna, though. I'm going to take a half day today and head to the liquor store then. My goodness. Sounds Enjoy. Good. <laughs> Have a good one, yeah. The dude. Congrats on the, the engagement. So can you – this Frisbee beer game. Frisbee or beersby, yes. So there's – Okay, explain it again. So you have like an aluminum pole. You got two of them set 30 feet apart or whatever it is. is in, in, into the ground? You, have, you stick them in the ground, and you have a beer bottle on top of it. Maybe you could use a can, but we use bottles. Okay. And, and it's just you, sitting on top. So just, it's wide enough to sit on yep, top of it? just balancing on top nicely. And one team has the Frisbee. You throw it at the thing. If you hit the pole and the beer falls to the ground before somebody on the team can catch it, mind you, you're, you're, you're holding a beer in your hand. So you have to use your free hand to then catch the 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 beer that was on the pole, hopefully before it hits the ground. How high is the pole? Uh, five six feet. All right, not wow. very high. Okay. So you, if you catch it, then that's great, and some and you don't have to catch the frisbee because it hit the pole or the beer. So it hits the pole, beer falls, you get one point. Hits the beer, beer falls, you get three points. But then there's also, I don't remember the point, if you throw it and it misses everything, the other team has to catch the Frisbee. And if they drop it, then the throwing team also gets a point or two. So there's scenarios where you're where you're holding a beer and you're trying to dive or catch the falling beer, right? Yes. Okay. And if, and if it's a terrible throw, you know, you obviously don't have to catch it. But, you know, there's scenarios where the Frisbee will be, you know, just, you know, a quarter of an inch away from the pole of the beer, so you don't really know if it's going to hit. You don't really know what to prepare for, so you got to kind of have a hand behind if the frisbee's going to go. Then oh wait, I hit the beer, so I got to catch the beer. It's it's really difficult, and so everything's blurry because like you've been drinking all day. Correct. So, yeah. Yes, so, you have to have that beer in your hand at I've, all times. I've played it where we do it in like a super shallow part of my lake, and we'll we'll do it in the lake. So when you dive and stuff, you like you're of course because you've got a lake to play it in. Of course you do because you got three cabins. Here we go. Yeah. But I mean, oh, you could turn your phone off. Too. That would be all right. <laughs> Thanks, Matthew Collar. Wow. Well, I love how, I love how Judd, in an attempt to take a dig at Max, is like, "Oh, of course you have a lake like, in a state with eleven thousand five hundred of them." I know. Them. I'm just saying, oh, Max so is like three cabins to stand in. This, like, Max is, three this cabins. sounds like a problem. If you got the beer in your hand and you're diving, then you're getting lake water and yeah, you're, yeah. you're drinking. That's no good. It makes it. It's. I like it in the water way better than in, in the land. <laughs> oh, so, or on the land. At what point in time do, does the game become d- uh, difficult because you're just flat out drunk? Like three beers in, four beers in. Well, I'm bad at throwing a frisbee already, so it doesn't take long. I'm with Max on this. I, I have a can't really hard throw time. a frisbee worth my life. I don't know what it is. Hmm. Dave, I actually, kind of suck at catching the frisbee. I don't know. It what hurts. It. it hurts catching it too because some people. If you catch it wrong, it would. Yeah. Yeah. Because your fingers. Yeah. I think we have a Judd athlete challenge here. Added, added for, for all you guys. Yeah.
Uh, Dan Hayes on Twins next. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Just a reminder, this station does not endorse this. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. Well, here we are again. Yes. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are talking twins. Now, with the man who's in the clubhouse covering the team every day. Beat writer for The Athletic, Dan Hayes. A drive to left field and deep. Going back is Brantley. It is gone. A three-run home run for Mitch Garver. Yeah, why punt if you could do that? Home run number six on the year for Mitch. And a base hit that beats the shift. Just a ground ball to the left of second base. And Rosario's aboard with a one-out single. Oh, this one golf to right. And Rosario is two for two. Driven to center. This ball's hit hard. Davis going back. He won't get there. He'll play the carom one. And Rosario this time is safe at second with a double. Down the line, and Rosario has a four-hit night. Nice snap for uh, for Eddie. Twins with a 3-2 win. That game started like three hours late because of rain. So it went, uh, I think it went almost past midnight or close to it. Maybe a little bit past midnight Eastern time last night. So here's another thing that happened. Last. So Adalberto Mejia has been really, really good in the handful of appearances for the Twins this year. Mm-hmm. He's conquered every level of the minor leagues with impressive numbers. He's only 25 years old. In five games for the Twins this year, four starts, a 2.01 ERA after five scoreless last night. In 22 and a third, he's only allowed 17 hits as well in one home run over that stretch. He's kind of the forgotten guy in this rotation as we project forward. I think we talked about this a little bit either earlier in the week or last week. You know, he's just, he, he's not super highly touted. He doesn't have the Jose Barrios first round draft pick status attached to him. Absolutely. He didn't come through this organization. He, he was acquired via San Francisco. Mm-hmm. But the more I start to think about their 2019 rotation, and we'll see if they add anyone in free agency, I like him in it. I like him in it, and he also gives you a left-handed arm, which they just don't have that many of. Yep. In fact, they started the year with five right-handed pitchers in their rotation. Yep, so he's he's a 4-5, right? Sure. For next year? And yeah, he, he's been great. And I also think, am I wrong, and, and I might be here, in saying I sense that uh, since he's had more success, he works quicker now, too. Like last year, it was watching him work was just a mm-hmm. death march. And it seems like now that, that he's got more confidence, he works quicker. I'm not saying he's fast, but that was my, my biggest takeaway last year was when he got shelled. It just took forever to play the, those games, and you got so bored. And now it's like, okay, he's working at a decent, not great, but a decent rate. Yeah, if you're going to get shelled, get it over with yeah. quickly. Throw the bleeping Please. ball. Yeah, but I, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at Jose Barrios is in. Kyle Gibson, as of right now, is uh, is going to be with the Twins for next year, in which case he's in the rotation. Um, Odorizzi's under contract for one more year, yep. and he's in. Yep. But for me, Fernando Romero is in the rotation. Yes. And I, I think Adalberto Mejia right now, like that would be your five right now if, if the 2019 season started today. Because Santana's going to be gone. Yep. He might even be gone in the next three weeks. True. But I think that's your five. And the worst of those five is probably Romero right now. And Romero has a chance to be maybe your number one or number two in a year or two from now, just with his electrifying stuff. He throws you know mid to upper nineties. Mm-hmm. I can I can live with that rotation. And I think you could you could even thrive with that rotation because 
Romero and Barrios both have top of the rotation upside. Barrios has already realized it. I mean, Barrios is a number one starter. And then the rest of those guys are capable of getting really hot. They've all been um they've all been guys at some point in their career recently. Gibson that can, you can strike lean guys on out for now. several months. Yeah. So So I kind of I kind of like the Barrios, Gibson, Romero, Mejia, Odorizzi. Like that makes me more comfortable projecting into a season <laughs> than pre- than most than seasons right. for the Twins. Yeah. Yes, it should. Yeah. Because most years, it's like, oh, God, there's a sacrificial lamb as the number 5 starter, and you're praying for a... I was going to say, most, year, most years, you can ordinarily find zero ace and three guys who, who can start, but they're all like threes, ideally, and then four and five are a crapshoot. Yeah. This is not bad. Yeah, I'll take it. And, and again, like I think players who come up through different systems are intriguing pitchers. The Twins, I think the Twins are doing a lot of good groundwork and a lot of good building right now, so that if they draft a pitcher... And the work that they're doing, just modern ways of evaluating and and communicating with pitchers, you're not going to see a 10-year drought of guys that they brought in and and then eventually fizzled. But while they're still crafting their minor league system and some of their processes, it is nice to know that you can just pluck a dude from the San Francisco Giants pitching pipeline, Mejia from age 17 until 2016 when he was 23 years old, Came up in one of the better. Would you agree that the Giants are one of the? When you think of great pitching organizations, the they've last had, ten yes, years, they had know, a long run. You know, they're, they've been struggling the last couple of years, and they've leaned on some free agents. But that's the organization that developed a lot of really good internal pitching, and it makes me feel good to know that Mejia came through that pipeline until he was twenty three years old, yep. and then the Twins got a hold of him with Falvey and Levine, et cetera. This is why too that all that that the uh, that the trades that they made in the past two weeks make sense. Because now, now you're accumulating so so much potential talent. It's not all going to hit. It's not like it's not like the I, I believe it was eleven prospects they got back are all going to be great. But let's say let's say five really pan out mm-hmm. and three more are decent. I mean, those are guys that this organization for years and years simply didn't have. Mm-hmm. Like you, you didn't have. You would look down through the pitching in the system for how many years and be like, well, that guy might develop. And a guy would get drafted, and we'd be excited about it, and within four years, he might be a bust. So I think when when we get all upset about how could they trade these guys, what they're actually doing is now they're pumping they're pumping actual prospects into the system as opposed to it being pretty barren. Yeah, I they, they have so many Which assets now. why I'm not upset about the trades. Yeah, they have so many assets now, and if they were to contend next year... They've got cupboards that are full, and they could pretty easily trade three dudes for a pitcher at the deadline next year. Here's another thing to keep an eye on. So Royce Lewis got promoted about a month ago to high A Fort Myers. Royce Lewis is is, is young for his age, too, because he was, he was a late birthday, I want to say. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, he's a June birthday. But, like, you know... Not born in June and then you start school the next year. He 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 just turned nineteen on June fifth. And he's already hitting three twenty-two for Fort Myers. He's getting on base at a four oh eight clip. And if you combine his Fort Myers and Cedar Rapids numbers, yep. and he's several years younger than a lot of the guys he's playing with, mm-hmm. this is his season so far. Three seventeen average. 378 on base percentage, slugging almost 500. Mm-hmm. He has 12 home runs, 29 doubles, and he's on pace to score over 100 runs and drive in maybe like 90. Yep. Oh, and 27 stolen bases. Yep. And holding his own at shortstop. Let's say he continues to do this at high A Fort Myers. 
I think he starts the year at double A next year, and then you're on call up watch. So Royce Lewis, a guy we thought, all right, you know, he drafted 18 year old shortstop and number one overall, but it's going to take four years for him to cook in the minor leagues. Well, he he had a half season in the minors last year. He's dominating this year. You could see him up after the All Star break next year. It wouldn't surprise me. And the the impressive thing about those stats too is, if I'm not mistaken, what, what you just went through includes a semi lengthy slump at, at low Class A, and he still overcame that to put up those statistics. Correct. Yes, it was a it was a brutal stretch of like three or four. It's why weeks. he stayed down. Six five one six four six eight two five five. JD, you're on the show. So one thing you guys are forgetting about next year's rotation is uh, Michael Pineda is yeah. expected to be in there as well. You're right. And yep. So now you're looking at Barrios, Gibson, Odorizzi, Pineda, and then a competition between Mejia and, R- and Romero for that fifth spot. Yep, you're 100% right. I, it, it would be nice, J.D., thanks for the call, man. It would be nice to see him, obviously, and it sounds like he's going to contribute in September. I think the Twins... I don't know how much they want to use Romero the rest of the year. It's possible they just want to say, hey, we got a good look at you, and we don't want to go crazy on your innings load. So maybe Romero comes up in some relief role or something in September, or they just don't even restart his clock. Mm-hmm. Santana gets traded before the end of August, and then that last spot in the rotation would go to Michael Pineda. The only thing about Pineda, you know, he's been he's been hurt, arm issues, and he hasn't really been dominant since 2014 because he's he struggled a little bit with the Yankees. He was fine with the Yankees, and that's a tough ballpark to pitch in. But he wasn't the Seattle version of. He just Michael got a Pineda. start, right? Did, didn't he? He get his first start of yeah, the year. He st- uh, this week re- rehab assignment. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The interesting one here is this to me too. Kepler, look at the look at the corner outfield talent that this team has. You know, if Buxton and Sano bust, it's a huge deal. If Kepler if Kepler continues to be okay but not great, there's options there. And, sure. and, and they're they're not immediate, but Brent they're going to co- really come up pretty quick. Yeah, Brent like you're Rucker. not stuck. Uh, by the way, Pineda pitched two innings for the Gulf Coast League Twins and uh, didn't allow a run. He he walked the guy, gave up a hit, but basically, we, you're only looking for right now. You're just trying to see if his arm falls off, and right. it didn't so far. Uh, Ron, you're on the show. Hi, how you doing? Good, man. What's up? What's up, Ron? Um, I just uh, feel like you're being a little uh, over optimistic with Lewis. Um, he's He's had a hot stretch here, but he'll start in, he'll start in high A next year, and he'll probably finish in double A. But I like the optimism. And secondly, do you think the Twins, with the extra money they're going to have in the off season, do you think they'll go after a top of the rotation starter? And with that, I'll just listen. Right on, Ron, I'm not going to die on the Royce on the Royce Lewis Hill. Like Ron, Ron might be right, but if he if he really really plays well throughout the month of August, and they like him in spring training next year. He's the type of dude, maturity-wise, you could fast-track him. The other thing to watch for Royce Lewis, mm-hmm. when you see minor leaguers dominating but striking out all the time, like Byron Buxton dominated the minor leagues as a hitter, but he struck out once per game, if not more than that. That's a sign that, okay, he's taking advantage of bad pitches and maybe he's getting into 3-1 counts and stuff, but he's still swinging and missing at too many minor league pitches. That's not going to translate very well to the major leagues. Royce Lewis doesn't strike out very often relative to... Modern day baseball. Right. In fact, he only has 64 strikeouts in 450 plate appearances. That's yeah, a good. crazy low number for a guy who's 19 years old and, and facing older competition. 
To, so that could that could make him a fast track candidate. To answer the question about a top line starting pitcher uh, from the open market, my answer is absolutely not because they're not going to give the term. That's the problem here. All these guys want term, and if you look at, at how their rotation stacks up for uh, for 2019, there's other needs that I could see them trying to address, but I do not see them going. And and we, we've talked about this too. The pitcher, the pitching options that are going to be out there as far as starters go, they're not they're not awful. But it's nobody that I would give a six-year term to. I've got a list of them we can go through when we come back here just for fun. Like if, I, But if I'm going to dole out a bunch of money, I start with Manny Machado, make him say no, and then go down the list from there. But I do have a list just for fun. We'll throw out a few names here. Would you be interested in signing this current or former top-of-the-line starting pitcher? Uh, we may still be able to track down Dan Hayes from The Athletic. Crafty Rogues are going to come hang out with us. And Matthew Collar from Vikings Training Camp, too, before the show's up. Phil Mackey. He's just a little guy. Judd Zolgad. Nice personality combination. Hostile and intolerant. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Get your tickets now to see Minnesota United in their next match versus the Seattle Sounders. It's this Saturday, 7 o'clock at TCF Bank Stadium. Head to MNUFC.com to purchase your tickets. Something worth noting on the Royce Lewis conversation. And, yep. I'm gonna, and, I, and I think we should... Very much pump the brakes on prospect hype just based on what happened with Byron Buxton and Miguel Sano to this point. So I'm not trying to do prospect hype here. I'm just saying, like, he was the number one overall pick. He's performing very well. And you might get a glimpse of him in the major leagues sooner than previous regimes would have pushed him through, right? And if you look around baseball, there are some major fast track guys like Ozzy Albies. This uh, middle infielder for the Braves. Yeah, he's great. This dude has exploded this year. He's got 56 extra base hits. Yep. Uh, He was an all-star. He was called up when he was 20 years old. In fact, he might have been 19, depending on when he got called up. But but Braves have a few guys who have been really good. Young guys who have been really good. Acuna was another dude. Uh, This Soto. He was 19 when he got called up. So there's a lot of these 19. if, If you're a special talent and you're moving up the rung, rung by rung in the minor leagues, teams aren't afraid now to call up a 19- or 20-year-old. And if it doesn't work, okay, we'll we'll send you back down. And I think the Twins are in that same boat. It's not going to be, well, you're going to have to go back to A-ball to start next year. They might, you know, let's see what you do in double-A, and if we have to send you back down, we'll send you back down. I I think the Twins are pretty cautious right now, but it makes sense. And so I think as as things become more established, that's going to change. Mm -hmm. This goes back to me partially to, to this, too. What is your clubhouse prepared to absorb, and can they help kids? And I, I think what we're seeing here, and and it took the Vikings a few years. The Vikings, Les Frazier was a good guy, and I liked him a lot. But that locker room was sort of questionable, right? Mm-hmm. That was sort of questionable. And Zimmer got here, and it remained questionable. And and in a few years, he changed it. I think as Falvey and this team evolve and change, there's going to be a lot more comfort in promoting young players when they know that the infrastructure of that clubhouse can handle it and help those kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I took a look through the 2019 free agent starting pitching class because we had a caller there last segment that wanted to know, are the, are the Twins likely to go after a top-end starting pitcher? So let's draw a line in the sand right now on this show, and this is going to extend all the way until opening day next year, okay? So you can take your complaints and your gripes elsewhere, there are zero top-end starting pitchers on the free agent market this offseason. 
Keuchel's on it, right? It's a guy like that. He's not a top end. Yeah, right. He's but a I'm good starting he's, pitcher. He's like the best of the of that list. He's a very good starting pitcher. Yes. He's probably the best on the list. Yep. And so he he is 31 years old, going to be 32. I would spend money on him, but he's not he's not better than Jose Barrios. Jose Barrios is a number one starter, and and Dallas Keuchel would slot in somewhere behind him, probably number two behind him. Adam Wainwright used to be a number one starting pitcher. He's a free agent. He's only pitched another surgery or something. He's only How pitched a few innings. Thirty seven. Okay, so that's passed. Yeah. James passed. Shields used to be a number one starting no, that's pitcher. Also done. Thirty seven years old. No interest. Uh, let's see here. Marco Estrada has been really good. He's thirty five years old, and he hasn't had a good season. J. A. Happ is thirty six now. Not a top of the line starting pitcher though. Nope. Just a rotation guy. Nope. He's fine. Uh, Lance Lynn's a free agent again. I'm. I hope he does well. <laughs> Somewhere far, far away from Minnesota. CC Sabathia used to be a top of the line starting pitcher. He's he's a very good starter. And the Twins did. I think the Twins made a run at him this offseason. He's got to be forty now, right? Thirty eight right now. Okay. Drew Pomerantz has had a lot of potential and has had a couple good seasons, but he's getting lit up this year. Where is he now? Boston. Okay. He's thirty. That's right. He was. He went from the National League to American League. Yep. That's right. Uh, Gio Gonzalez. Is he's, he's only thirty three. He's a rotation guy. Yep. Let's see here. Uh, Patrick Corbin is a really good starter for Arizona. Three point three one ERA this year too. He's having another good year. Yep. But I wouldn't. Again, he's not better than Barrios. I'm not going to pay him fifteen twenty million dollars a year necessarily. Matt Harvey used to be a lot. There's a lot of used to be a number yeah. one starter guys on this. Matt list. Harvey was going to be a great pitcher. Anibal Sanchez used to be a number one starter. Actually, Anibal well, Sanchez Anibal, and he's been very good. He's been awesome for the Braves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In so, retrospect, he could have. You know what's funny? Okay, does part of you look at how great Animal Sanchez has been with the Braves? It's his first really good season in about five years. Does it upset you that the Twins didn't keep him and and maybe get to squeeze some juice out of this orange, or does it make you think, oh wow, they did see something in him despite three horrible seasons? It doesn't upset me. Yeah, I, I'd okay. be more. I'd be more on on the second track. And it's just the misfortune of the twins, in some ways, that Lance Lynn took their their twelve mil. Yeah, because they had Sanchez said, before they yeah, had Lynn, and basically said, "Well, I'll take I'll take your your uh, money, but I'm miserable." Yeah, uh, Bartolo Colon is a free agent starting pitcher. This I bring back Big Sexy in a heartbeat. <laughs> I love Big Sexy. It was fun to watch. The ERA is back over five for Big Sexy. Yeah, it hasn't been good. Uh, this dude is. This dude's been. He pitched in Yellowstone Park in San Diego for a while. Yep. So it's tough. Now he's with the Cardinals. But Tyson Ross has been a pretty good starting pitcher. He's not better than Jose Barrios. And then there's other guys like Jeremy Hellickson. There's, no, and, there's nobody on that list. I'm giving much to. Yeah. So th- so we should make it clear. Why don't the Twins sign a big time free? There are none. There are none. They offered nine figures to the one guy last year that had top of the line starting pitching. And look at his season. You Darvish. Yeah, he hasn't pitched since May. So if you need if you need to go out on the market and get a a top end starting pitcher to save save your team you're in huge trouble. It's that simple. Yeah, you should be looking like the Cubs did. Okay, we've got this nucleus built and this core is built up. Now we add John Lester. Right. Now we go out and and do this. Now the Cubs were very savvy. They traded and bought low on Jake Arrieta. Jake Arrieta was the number one opening day starter for the Orioles like four or five. This might have been five years ago now. He faced Carl Pavano. I remember that game. I think, it was, I think it was Pavano. It was like five or six years ago. Yes. So he was the, the Orioles tabbed him as like, this is our guy going forward. And he just wasn't very good. Had a bad season. Might have gotten bounced from the rotation. And the Cubs said, huh, I think if we tweak that and that, this guy might be a really good starting pitcher. Yes. So 
That's your your that's kind of the avenue you're gonna have to go down. And the twins have been doing that. Okay, let's uh let's grab this guy over here from Houston. They're I would actually do that prospect. too. I I would trade for and develop starters. If I'm going to go out and spend on pitching, it's bullpen help. Yeah, and there's a lot. Well, that's Craig where, Kimbrell would be. But I mean, that, I pay for Craig Kimbrell. That's where that's where that's where you separate teams now because you do see guys start for teams, and you're like, okay, that's fine, but that guy's not, not going to pitch a complete game. There's no way. Yeah. And when he's out, it's all going to change. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we can we can recklessly speculate on the Twins offseason. Dallas Keuchel, eight time. years. <laughs> Maybe yeah. nine. No thanks. <laughs> Great beard. The crafty rogues are going to come. Speaking of great beards, John Cosgrove has a great beard. Him and Quinno are going to come hang out with us. And Matthew Collar on Vikings training camp stuff in about a half hour from now. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios. Don't go anywhere. Assume the position. More Mackie and Judd coming up next on 1500 ESPN. The Venture X Card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.